Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, the University of Northampton has for many years had a large uh, contingent of foreign students and we draw students from all over the world, recruit students from all over the world, including the Indian subcontinent, um, African countries, Southeast Asia, and many students as well coming from China. And one of our star students who's now graduated and sort of moved on really, and, and we'll, you know, she'll tell you what she's doing now, but is um, Havia. She's known to everybody as Havia. Her Chinese name is, forgive me if I get this terribly wrong, but Shui Chen, and she's now a lecturer at the Teesside University in Middlesbrough. So welcome to the show, Havia, and really great to catch up with you again after a few years. Um, tell us, what's life like in Middlesbrough compared to Northampton? Well, um, everything is good. Um, it's a very small town, people-friendly um, so compared to Northampton, I must say that in Northampton is close to all the big cities that you can go to. For example, Birmingham and London. Those are the places that I miss the most. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you missed something about uh, Northampton. What um, What brought you to the UK in the first place? Well, I think you came over in in 2010. Is that right? Yes, you're right. Um, the reason I came out, of course, is for studies because I know that the education system in the UK is very famous. Everyone, if it's possible from China, we all want to learn and study in the UK universities. So that's why I chose to do my top up degrees in the UK. And you came and studied business studies with us, yes? Yeah, I did a top up in business and management. Okay, and what, uh, what was your English like when you first came to the UK? Well, I was quite confident with my English, but um, because of the tests, I still need to come over here to do the one-month language course. Um, and then I pass the English test, then I can carry on my undergraduate. Okay, so yeah, we have, a, I think there's a certain standard that you have to demonstrate, don't you, by taking a test. Where is, where is home in China? So I am from Shaoguan, it's from the southern part of China in Guangdong province. Guangdong, okay, and that's uh, near Hong Kong, isn't it, in the Pearl Delta, yes? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, when you came over, so you spent quite some time with us. So let me just recap, if I got this right, <clears throat> you finished your, um, your degree, your top-up with us, you went on to do your MSc in financial management, and um, then you became, and, and this, with, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking here to a very bright young lady, I have to say. She was definitely a star on the campus. You became the president of the Students' Union at the university as well. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was really happy about the, the experience. It was so you, just the momentum of my life. <laughs> yeah, well, you were with us for four or five years. So, you know, what are your, 
memories five years later what are your sort of strongest memories of Northampton and all that times doing two different degrees and then being the president of the students union I feel like the things that I couldn't remember I couldn't forget is how supportive the people from Northampton no matter from the academic team or from the uh, professional services team or even from the staff in the students union they just try to help you whenever you want to achieve they just trying to find a way to help you to support you so i feel like there is a sense of belonging to me over there mm. well that's a very very positive um, compliment thank you very much uh, i will certainly be pleased i'm sure many of my colleagues will be to hear that and between northampton and um teesside and middlesbrough then you did your phd you did your doctoral thesis and where was that and what was it about well, I did my uh, PhD after I finished my presidency at Nottingham Chan University. And my PhD was about um, the relationship between corporate governance and innovations and how they can affect the firm's performance in China. So um, I spent like quite a few years to complete my PhD, but I really enjoy it. Mm. And you were living in Nottingham at the time? Yes, you're right. And, and what was Nottingham like? Because, you know, you're getting to know different parts of the UK more than many of us who, who are British. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, so Nottingham is a city. So when you talk about a city, of course, it's a bigger size than Northampton or even Middlesbrough. Um, so you can see that there are, of course, many people and the Chinese community is, of course, bigger. Um, you've got a lot of variety products from the high end to some of the... Um, like quite um, lower price products that for me to choose. Um, and then I do see like people from different, different parts of the world to, to make friends with as well. That mm. was cool. Yeah, well, Nottingham is a very um, nice city, I think. You know, just to go back to your, your PhD and your thesis then. So you're talking about corporate governance, which is really boards and how boards are run and managed, relating to innovation and corporate performance of Chinese firms. Have you got any sort of, and that, you know, that's quite a lot for me to take in, let alone sort of anybody just casually listening and picking this up. But uh, were there any major conclusions you came to um, in your research? Well, the major conclusion I got, I must say, is um, very interesting. I do find that the companies that um, who are innovated the most in my data sample, they have the least. Um, performance efficiency especially in the short term however by the time that the company grows the efficiencies go uh, grow up as well so um, it really confirmed the case to me that innovation does take time is quite cost is quite time-consuming however if you want a firm to be more sustainable you the better be innovative and then you the better to survive in the um, in the market to make yourself more competitive in the long term. That's what I found in my, in my study. Very interesting. And this was exclusively on Chinese firms or did you compare with any British firms? Well, uh, the original idea was to compare between the UK and the Chinese firm, but um, the project was too big. So I, I narrowed it down to just focus on the Chinese listed firm. Mm. But I welcome to the research opportunity in the future. Yeah, okay. And do you use this now in your teaching? Because you're teaching accounting and finance in Teesside. So, you know, 
is it something you're able to continue to look into or are you now focused more on classic numbers and um, you know profit and loss account and balance sheets um, at the moment I'm trying to get the SEMA qualification so one of the requirement is I have to teach some of the accounting techniques just like what you said the balance sheet etc for majority undergraduate degree students. However, some of the sessions, for example, I was teaching advanced auditing, that was related to corporate governance as well and the compliance. And I did share some of my data results to my, uh, with my students. They, they were very interested in it and some of them, they chose to use corporate governance, this topic as their dissertation. Mm. Okay, so there's a, some con legacy and some continuation there, which is always good, I think, for, for academics indeed. Has COVID changed your life a lot in the last few months? Yeah, I must say yes. Everything was happening so quick. Um, we didn't even get a chance to prepare too much. So basically, the university only left us one week to prepare everything and like switch all the physical teaching to the online virtual teaching. Um, so I must say that I, it was difficult to cope, to cope with at the beginning because you, you are kind of like isolating yourself, especially at the moment I'm living by myself. And you, you, you know that the situation in China was really bad at that time. So my parents, they were also worried about me as well. Mm. Um, so it was quite a kind of like emotional a bit, but I did receive support from the university and from the staff team. We also talk online a lot to just make sure that everybody was fine. Well, that's good indeed. Yes, I can imagine your parents being very worried, you being so far away and of course, what was happening in China. So you haven't picked up a British husband en route then so far in your travels? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm working too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question is, are you looking? That's the thing. Or, or you know, would mum and dad, how would they feel if you came back with a British husband one day? Well, they, they would be happy. Um, if I'm happy, they're happy. I think I'm enjoying my life so far. If I can see anyone that is like extraordinary, <laughs> I'm happy to go ahead, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I like your style. And I always have, I must say, I've always enjoyed... Uh, uh, I, did I teach you ever? I, I'm not sure if I actually taught you, but I know that I saw a lot of you when you were on the campus. Mm, you, teach, you, you taught me. So um, I think the module you taught me was um, cross-cultural management and the strategic management. Absolutely, yes. So those, those would be the two. Yeah, very good. Oh, well, in the cross-cultural management, you're a great example of somebody who's gone and become very efficient and effective in a, and a great communicator in a different part of the world. And, and now, <laughs> you know, are you seeing different regional cultures, actually, in the UK? Because that's very fine-tuned, isn't it? One thing is the difference between China and, and Britain or Spain and Britain. The other is, you know, different regions of, of Britain. Are you kind of understanding different cultures even within the UK? You know, for when you're talking about the culture, I'm actually learning every day. You can imagine like um, in Northampton and in Nottingham, it's such um, a space that you welcome the students from all over the world. You have the nationalities for over a hundred. But the first time I came to T-Science University, I noticed that majority of our students, especially for the undergraduate degree, they are actually local. They are coming from Middlesbrough or around Middlesbrough. Mm. 
So basically, um, I'm just like teaching the students, um, not like 18-ish years, uh, years old, but it's like people had job before or people that have families, that have children or some of the mature students or even in um, like um, slightly older age, 50 to 60 years old people. Mm. So it's quite, quite interesting difference, cult different cultures that I'm experiencing at the moment in T-Signed. Yeah, that's a very wide range of students, isn't it? Student profile, actually, much more, much wider than I normally face here. <laughs> how big Thank is you. the how big is the university? How many students do you have? Well, that is a good question. I need to I need to look into that one. I think it's about um, eleven to twelve. Wait, I need to check that one. That's a good question. <laughs> you should know that. Come on, you like numbers. You like numbers, surely. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. So, uh, but it's quite old data. I guess is about. No, I just can't say that. That figure was coming from two thousand and nine. Really? Okay. Well, Maybe look. I tell you the figure in two thousand and nine. That was twenty nine thousand two hundred eighty five. All right. Well, it's uh, that's bigger than Northampton, that's for sure. Um, let's see if we can find it while we're talking. Well, let's tell tell me now a little bit about how you feel. You know, you're a long way from home. China is home. Um, China's in the news an awful lot, right? It's relationships with the U.S., it's relationships with the U.K., it's relationships with the rest of the world. How do you feel about what is getting to be a, you know, a harder critical um, commentary about China recently? Well, I, I was, um, it's quite an interesting fact. You're not the only one that asked me about the um, opinions about what is happening about the Cold War or even the, um, um, the financial war between China and the US or even the recent case that UK canceled all the contracts with the Huawei company. Mm. Um, as an international person in the UK, I am watching news from the UK, from the US, and also watching the news from China. People have different opinions. But in my opinion, I still believe that globalization is the trend for the world. We need to find a common sense that whatever is, is doing good in order to help our life to move forward. Um, to some extent, I, I think if we if we stop the movement of the machine learning of the 5Gs, it's kind of like, um, how to say, moving backwards of our life. Mm. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be harmful for the relationship between any countries, not just, be, not just between China and UK or even US. It's, it's affecting the, the rest of the world. No, indeed. So in general, then you're saying that it's better to talk and trade than not to talk and to fight, obviously. Right. Exactly. exactly. Although globalization has um, got its critics recently that it's not helped everybody. It's helped perhaps large multinationals and the executives of large multinationals, but it's possibly left a lot of people behind. So there, I think there's a backlash in the West against globalization. Um, and it was very interesting a year or two ago that President Xi from China was actually promoting world trade and trump was building all the walls around mexico etc so almost a role reversal but yeah. in the last year or so china seems to have hardened its line on a few things and i don't know if you were willing and able to comment even on you know as far as britain's concerned of course relations with hong kong it's very sad to see the 
protests in Hong Kong in general. Um, you know, and and that's that's a potential flashpoint for relationships between England and Britain and China. No, mm, I was really sad. Especially, I just couldn't believe that the demonstration has been so long. It's for like more than one year now, and still nonstop. Um, it was it was quite like um, just very sad. Um, I talked to the people from Hong Kong. Um, their lives are affected and. I just hope that things can can get calm soon to find a solution. Um, yeah. Because at the moment, uh, at the beginning, I know the people they are fighting for uh, democracy, they are fighting for freedom. But when the when the things got exaggerated, uh, I don't know what they are wanting now. So um, it's again about the communication, about the talk. Uh, yeah. When they just try to fight between each others, or even to, uh, fight against the policemen. I think we need to just sit down and then talk to make a deal. Okay, well, it certainly seems that the, you know, the focus now will be on the new um, legislation that's just been passed. And the risk, of course, is to Hong Kong's well-being as the major financial center in the Far East. And I, I've already reading articles that people will move to Singapore or to uh, to other you know Southeast Asian cities, so that that would be a shame because I think there was something very and is something very special about Hong mm. Kong and its energy and its uh, its spirit, of course, and its great yeah. its great history. Well, let's um, let's move on in terms of your you know your ambitions. Then, what, what you know what do you see, what does have you have you see yourself doing in the next five to ten years? Are you going to stay in the UK and settle, or do you have plans to go back? Well. Um... I must say that I go for opportunities wherever that I can see the opportunities. I'm happy to go for it. Um, but in the short term, like what you ask, it's about three to five year plan. And um, of course, I want to become a senior lecturer. Um, so at the, at the moment, I'm in the transitioning period to become the course leader in accounting and finance group. Um, so hopefully after a year, when you see me again, I'm going to become a, le a senior lecturer and a course leader. Um, but ultimately, I also want to become a chartered, um, like SEMA. I want to get that qualification as well, because I know that in the accounting and finance field, you need to have some practical experience as well. And the qualification is also a key. And that's the Chartered Institute of Management Accounting, is that right? Yes, you're right. Okay, so is your plan, I mean, I guess the questions are, do you want to go into industry and do you want to you know, go into industry back in China or do you want to stay in academia and go into academia in China in the long run? I, I think you make a very great point about just go where the opportunities are. Um, but, you know, would you, would you fancy working in industry once you've got that qualification? I don't know, but at the moment I still want to stay in academia because I think I want to become a professor in accounting. Mm. Um, but um, it's hard to say. And in terms of the connections with China, um, I, I open opportunities to do so many funding projects or even to have some collaborations with some Chinese universities as well. Well, I, I do have um, a, a visit to, to China um, this summer, but because of the COVID, everything was canceled. So hopefully next year, we can also uh, come back to that relationship again. Okay. And in terms of an academic career, then you think that there's plenty of scope for you to develop in Teesside or are you willing to travel uh, to yet another part of the UK to, uh, to pursue your career? I'm happy to travel. Yeah. Whenever I see that, you, that opportunity is like, 
is for me. <laughs> All right. Well, I better. I, I better tell some of my colleagues in um, in Northampton to keep their eyes and ears open then to see if we can get you back one day. Well, look, Javier, it's been wonderful to talk to you and catch up with you after all this time. Um, you know, this is a very articulate young lady, very ambitious, clearly wants to become a professor. So wish you every happiness and success. Keep safe, keep well, and I hope to see you very soon. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.